What's up, everybody? I'm TJ. And I'm Kelsey. And we are the, the Nashville, Nashville Wine Duo. Duo. We're on. Okay. It's go time. Yes. I'm excited yeah. because this is like with a friend that um, we've met on Instagram and we've talked for a long time. And then finally we actually connected in real life. This is Sarah Jimenez. I don't know if I'm pronouncing your last <laughs> yes, name right. You are. <laughs> she is a sommelier and she is a sherry um, expert specialist. So, uh, yeah, we're so excited to talk to you about sherry today. And yes. not just that, but also yourself and your background and I have to say like you um you were just like the sweetest person and so genuine and um I loved when we finally connected in real time and I got to meet someone that was like everything that I expected who they would would actually be in real life and more because I feel like that's not always common and yeah uh, yeah, I just wanted you to know I just think you're like the most yeah (laughs) genuine sweetest person so Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your background and, um, yeah, how you got to where you are today. Yes. So I am a certified sommelier and sherry specialist. Um, I started off my career in the restaurant industry. I was actually a pastry chef for 12 years and decided then – while I was in school, in pastry school, I decided to do sommelier training and got to do my first level certification in Germany. And it just kind of opened my world up to food and wine. And I remember calling my mom while I was in Germany after one food and wine pairing class. And I was like, I'm not going to be a pastry chef anymore. I'm going to be a psalm. This is it. This is what I want to do with my life. She's like, okay, whatever. You know, I was a pastry chef for so long. And um, then I came back and decided to pursue more um, higher titles in as my sommelier and then cherry specialist. I did the WSAT program and I just found that it always brought me back to restaurants and working in wine stores. So when I finally got the chance to move to New York, I did. And I lived in New York for over a decade, um, hosting wine events, working in retail stores, restaurants as a beverage director and sommelier and event planner. And so that's really where, that's really kind of how I got to where I was today, but it all started off with pastry and You know, food and wine has always been something that I've been passionate about. I grew up with parents that had a really great wine cellar. So I was very lucky to discover good wine at a young age before going off to college and, you know, dipping into boxed wine and all those other things, (laughs) which it totally did. Um, But but yeah, so that's where um, that's where I've been. And so I recently moved to Nashville about a year ago, the Nashville area. I absolutely love it. I now work between New York. Nashville and Pennsylvania. So on top of my New York career, I also um, started a great partnership with the Lodge at Woodlock, a destination spa in Holly, Pennsylvania. And I am the guest sommelier there. So I do everything from helping their beverage director with, you know, wine additions to the menu, as well as every time their beverage director leaves to go on fabulous wine trips and search for new wines, I get to take over her place. And so I'm the acting psalm there for the weekends. I do wine classes, wine events. And we just recently started doing some really cool, like, marketing initiatives, such as Kava Week, like we did in New York. So we did Kava Week this year at the Lodge of Woodlock. Now, we're in Pennsylvania. What's what's close to it, like um, city-wise? Yeah, so it's considered the Poconos. um, But it's about, I want to say, two hours outside the city. Okay. So not too bad. Easy trip from New York, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. A lot of people come from all over the world there to go there, though. So it's it's an amazing destination spa. Yes, I started going there. I was blogging um, for Psalm in the City, of course. That's my blog. I did forget to uh, mention that portion of my (laughs) my life. (laughs) 
I started Som in the City um, in 2013. It was just a simple blog just to get me through being a restaurant manager. And I met this amazing woman, Melody Kettle, who had a blog. And I didn't know what a blog was at the time. And so she had said that she wanted me to write a wine article for her website. And I was like, well, what's a wine blogger? Why she gets to come in here and do this fabulous restaurant review? I want to know what you do. And so she kind of introduced me to the world of blogging, where then I started Som in the City. And then so that has grown into my company now, which is blogging as well as marketing events and education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which you, you just are fabulous. I was going to say, you do such a great <laughs> oh my job. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, she, you actually hooked us up with Umberto. Yeah. With Umberto the Prosecco Cosmo. podcast that we did. And um, we I went to St. Goose and downtown Franklin and tried some of that Prosecco and um, I just can tell that you're, you're just very good in relations and be like, you know, connecting people and things like that. And like, you're just all into it. And I, I don't know. I love when I meet people that are just good with people because I feel like we're pretty good with people. Well, it's like you said <laughs> that she's the real deal. And some people hold their mm-hmm. contacts and, and things close to them and nobody uh-huh. can have access yeah, to them. Right. And you are not like that at all. Like, you're everyone like, should enjoy people. Everyone should meet yeah. everybody. Everyone should have fun. Sharing yeah. is caring. And yeah. I always find there's always a way to collab. So it always comes full circle. Um, I got to visit Umberto a while back and, um, about, I want to say like over a year ago. And I just fell in love with his wines. I fell in love with him and his story. And so we've done a bunch of things between the lodge at Woodlock and New York and now Nashville. And, you know, I'm always just, I'm about wine wineries and winemakers and people coming together because it's such a big space mm-hmm. yeah. and wine is such a big category that I feel like there's enough room for everybody. Totally. 100%. That's exactly yep. how we feel. That's what we say. Well, why don't we <laughs> dive into some of the sherry you brought? Yes. So I'm really excited to talk to you guys about sherry. So sherry week is coming up in New York. Um, but it actually is a global worldwide thing. So it's from November 6th to November 12th. Um, we'll start off by drinking some sherry, of course, because why not? So why I've learned all my sherry knowledge from the TV show, Frasier. Oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, it's true. Number one, love Frasier. Number two, they always are drinking sherry. So You know, I um, did not... <laughs> That's like a theme I've of the show. I've watched Frasier yeah. before, but yeah. I never never noticed the Sherry connection. Oh, so yeah. I'm really no, intrigued. After, it's after, a theme. When they walk in the doors, they they go pour well, Sherry. Well, and also they're very into wine and <laughs> yeah. like expensive wine. Yeah, so like wine there's a whole snaps. episode yeah. where they go to like a cellar and they're part of like a club. And <laughs> yeah, it's I funny. Am so going back to watch Frasier yeah. now. Thank you for that. <laughs> yes. Cool. Yeah, so I'm going to start you guys off. So we are today. I'm showcasing the wines from Gonzalez Bias. So this is a winery that was founded in 1835. They're on their fifth and sixth generations of familial winemaking and production. So sherry as a whole is an aged white, aged fortified white wine. Okay. And there's dry styles, which you're going to try today, and then there's sweet styles, which I will have. We'll have to do another. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do another day of sweet styles because it's a whole other category. Um, so sherry has to be made in the south of Spain within these within this area of Andalusia. So it's called the Sherry Triangle. And so you have Jerez de la Frontera, which is where the Gonzalez Bias is founded and which is where a lot of their production is. So that's going to be mainly inland. And then you have on the top of the triangle, you have San Lucar de Barameda. And this is a beautiful area that's more along the coast. This is where you're going to find a lot of Manzanilla from. And then we have the El Puerto de Santa Maria, which is going to be slightly coastal, but more inland. So it's closer to the coast than Jerez, but it's not 
as close to the coast as San Lucar. And so these are going to be the three areas. Now, there are other areas of the world where they make sherry-style wines. Mm -hmm. They call them different things because like champagne, it cannot be called sherry unless it's from From that area. area. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it has to come from that triangle to be called sherry. It has to. And say the name of it again. Um, the, so Andalusia is the area. Andalusia. Andalusia. Okay. okay. Andalusia. Okay. And then you have the, then the three areas. Yeah. Um, so this one is going to be from Jerez, de la Frontera. Actually, they all are um, from Gonzalez Bias. But we're going to be trying. This is the most, this is going to be the driest style. So we're starting off with the Palomino Fino. So all of the dry style, sherry is only made from a few grape varietals. The dry ones are going to be made from Palomino. Palomino can either kind of go, when, once the base wine is created, it can either be light and bright. And so this is mainly going to be where you're going to see Fino and Manzanilla. If it's light and bright, the bouquet, the aromas are really nice and citrusy and flowery, but there's not much else to it. So it gets to be made into these drier styles. Then we have sometimes the Palomino grape also is a little more robust some years. Some years you have a little bit more herbal tones or a little bit more just oomph to the wine. Sometimes those wines, then the winemaker, if it's a richer style, wants to produce an oxidative um, style. So what that means is that it's exposed to oxygen. And we'll get into this, of course, as we tasted the styles. But this is where you're going to find Oloroso and Amontillado. This is where that category lies. So these are our Palominos. These were Finos that then they were just a little bit more robust, so they wanted to oxidize them. And then you get like an anomaly, which we're actually going to try today. So I'm super excited. You get a little bit of a wild child called Palacortado. And so this was a wine that was meant to be destined to be a Fino, but for some reason the floor died. And by some true chance of luck, it turned into like beautiful awesomeness that's slightly strange. Hmm. And so we're going to try that. So the one thing I must say I love about Sherry is besides just sipping it, it is perfect for cocktails. It is ready-made complexity. So go ahead and try our first one. This is Tio Pepe. So this is going to be a Fino style. So again, 100% Palomino grape varietal. So this is where you really get that essence of Palomino. Is it is one of like the main um, noses on it like caramel? You do get quite a bit of caramel, okay. yes. Yeah, caramel, you get a lot of zesty lemon, even like a little bit like Granny Smith apple. Yeah. Like going yeah. on. And also some saline. So saline is a very popular mm. note in, in sherry. Yes, and this is due to this is due to the soils. The soils down here have a lot of white chalk in them, and so the chalkiness really adds into the salinity. Now we are in Jerez de la Frontera for this, so we are not going to be as close to the coast. Where if you were to try a manzanilla, it's going to be like super salty and oceany mm. and like salty sea spray. I've never tried a, a dry sherry like this yes. before, and it's dry. This is crazy. I really feel like people that don't have knowledge of sherry, which I mean, obviously we don't have a lot, but I think that their, their initial thought is, oh, sherry's for cooking or sherry is super, super sweet. Something that you have as an aperitif. Right. Right. And so this is kind of blowing my mind. Yeah, this <laughs> right? A lot of people think, and that's why I love doing like sherry, sherry events and stuff like that and bringing out the whole lineup of, you know, between dry to sweet, because it is really so interesting and complex. And this is very typical of a style of what a Fino tastes like. Now, the complexity and the ranges do depend on the producer and the wine and the winery. However, the complexity itself is actually comes from the production and from the aging. 
So all sherry is made using a Solera system, which is that big barrel system that they use very similar in rum production, where essentially they take older sherries in order to, and they blend them together in order to fill the water to fill the bottle. And so a lot of times your sherry bottle will say some like crazy vintage, like 1874 or, you know, 1922 or some, you know, just giving out examples there. And so what it means is that there are some existing sherries because that's how long that Solera has been going. So there are Soleras that are going like for forever. And that's what's so beautiful about it. So are you drinking sherry from the 1800s? No, but because the way that the sherry goes into the wood and then, um, when it comes to the weather and all the beautiful things that make sherry what it is, um, when you have that, when you have the sherry kind of going into the barrel, seeping into the wood, and then it comes back out and imparts flavors on this new sherry. So essentially what this is, is they take the older sherries and then top it off the barrels with new sherry. And so that's how it kind of keeps that's going. really mm-hmm. cool. And so you're kind of tasting wines, you're tasting sherries that were from a really long time ago. And you're sort of getting a little piece of that history in every bottle that you have. That's which so is really interesting. interesting, right? Yeah. yeah, so even these are made using a Solera system, which is really cool. Now, it's interesting is that these styles of wines, a lot of people don't recognize. They're sort of just like, oh, you know, I didn't know this is what sherry was. And that's kind of the beauty of it is, unless you're down in the south of Spain, sherry doesn't, it's sold a lot in stores, but it doesn't make its, it hasn't made its mark yet, I would yeah. say, in the U.S. I wish it would, but again, you know, it's with, you really should have it with like certain foods. I would say this style I love in the summer, a manzanilla. Honestly, I could drink a whole bottle of manzanilla, no problem. Because what's beautiful about this is, is that these wines are actually higher alcohol than wine, but lower ABV than spirits. So they kind of hit that sweet spot category. Like 18%? Yeah, they're usually about like um, 18 to, 15 to 18%. So this one's actually 15%, but then you get the, you get a couple of higher ones that are gonna be. So where these come from and like, do you feel like everybody in this area that where sherry comes from, do they all drink sherry? Is it very popular? It is very popular, definitely in the south of Spain. A lot of times when I've talked to people that have been to the Andalusia area, they were like, oh, that's where I tried sherry. So a lot of times they are trying them on menus, but I would say majority of the people aren't drinking them unless you're like at home like myself and you're just in the mood for sherry. Yeah. Also, sherry gets this misconception for being like your grandmother's drink or your grandparents' drink. And a lot of times that sherry which was the sweeter cream sherry style that gets misconstrued as sherry as a whole. And Mm. a lot of people don't actually know that sherry can be made in these dry, delicious, very acidic mineral driven. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you thought like some of like why these misconceptions have kind of happened in the U S and like, it maybe I guess that just, that was what had become really popular in terms of sherry was like a cream, sweet sherry. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. cream sherry became all the rage. It was like back in the day when people would be sitting in a bar in a dark bar draped in their best pearls and kind of, you know, drinking these little tiny glasses of cream sherry. Also, it got really well known for being um, like a toast at Christmas or the holidays. And people would save their bottle of sherry in the back of their cabinet forever, which honestly, I recommend putting them in the fridge once they're open. They're, yeah. not, really, they're not really meant to be like put in the back of your cabinet for years and years and try to sip it every year. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they do like last you a little bit longer in your fridge should you keep them in there. So I do um, love the fact that they will last you a few weeks, even this 
you know, will last you a few weeks in the fridge. Now, what would you pair with this food wise? Yeah, great question. So this I would pair with sushi. Sushi would be really nice with this. Ceviche. So you get a little bit of that acidity going. Um, I also really love this with like Marcona almonds. Oh, yeah. You can do, if you wanted to do meat, you can easily do like pork carnitas, you know, octopus. Sherry does have a lot of beautiful qualities in it that would make it really good with food. So, you know, it's definitely, you taste it and you're like, mm, this is a little fun, it's, but it's kind of funky, but it's, it's really pairing friendly. Mm. I actually, I totally love it. Yeah, it's I'm really sure. good. I'm really <laughs> impressed by it. And I, what you're saying, I could picture it with all those foods that you just said too. Right. Oh, good. I'm so happy. So what's really interesting and just another little fun fact about Sherry and the production. So the reason, and actually, let me pour you another one so you can see yeah. the different styles. So I think we're going to try all four styles today regardless, but I just want to see. We're going to do the Amontillado next. All right. So this is the Amontillado. But Sherry itself, so there's there's biological and then there's oxidative aging. So biological aging essentially means the floor is on top. So what is this floor that I keep talking about? So what happens is, is that during the Sherry production, um, floor, so they're natural yeast that actually develop over the – it almost grows like a skin on top of the on top of the juice. And so what this does is it actually protects the wine from oxygen, from oxidating, of course. And then you get this beautiful style of the Palomino Fino that you have here. So Fino means that mm. it has floor on top of it. Mm. And so what this is, is this spent four years under the floor before it was even filtered, um, fined, aged, and bottled. Um, and so you can actually almost like get a little bit of that, of that yeastiness, that yeah. readiness in here, where this, this is an Amontillado. So an Amontillado is one of my favorite styles of sherry. I always have a bottle of Amontillado in my fridge. It smells amazing. If I don't and you come over, it's probably because I just drank it all, but there will be another <laughs> bottle to replace it. I promise. I love an Amontillado style. This is the Vignette AB. Um, so what's interesting about an Amontillado is that so this is the Palomino that I was talking about that had a little bit more robust, richer notes to it when it was its base wine. So before before it even went into the bodega to become a to the Solera. And so what they decided was, you know what, it's not necessarily a Fino. We don't want to make it a Fino. So what they do is they bring out the they bring up the alcohol to about like 18%. And then it goes into the the A B Solera. And then what it does is what happens is when they bring up the alcohol, the floor dies. So it saw a little bit of floor, and then they were like, stopped it. So Amontillado was destined to be an Amontillado, meaning they knew that they were going to kill that floor, that yeast layer of the, the Like what's happening layer. in the first one. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. they knew they were just going to kill it off. They knew it was destined to be an Amontillado. And so what's interesting, you can even see the colors too. Yeah. So a little bit, and the Macchiato just gets a little bit of exposure to oxygen. It's not fully oxidated. So the more oxygen we add to the sherry, the more color you'll get, ex yeah. the more color will become extracted. So it's like gold, just, right? Yeah. Wow. And then, so comparing it to the Fino, cause again, same grape varietal. So we're still with the Palomino grape, but you're kind of seeing its transition now that we get a little bit of oxygen in there. I love this. So this is great with red meats. I love Amontillado and red meat, like tomato-based stew, kind of like sauces and dishes. So interesting. It's like nothing I've ever had. 
Amontillado mm. is so complex. So if you even think about adding this to cocktails, you can easily improve upon your old fashions, your Manhattans, tiki cocktails, love Amontillado. And it's because of its nuttiness. So you get yeah, a lot of that caramel. Totally. You still get a lot of that herbaceousness like we got in the Fino and the Palomino, from the Palomino grape. But because of the oxygen, it just becomes this like nutty warmth. This is also a really good one for hot toddies. Oh, that sounds so delicious. So would you swap this out like in a Manhattan? Would you swap this out for the vermouth? You can absolutely swap it out okay. for vermouth. It'll That's make it also a do. lighter Manhattan yeah. too, which will be really nice. Yeah. And if you, I would say if I were to do it with Manhattan, I would probably stay away from rye with this. Okay. I would mainly go to like maybe more of like a bourbon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That'd be but yeah, really you cool. can definitely, I would love to try Manhattan with yeah. this. And then, yeah, one of my favorite pair- pairings for this is also carrot cake. So if you get your hands on some good carrot cake. Carrot yes, cake. Yes. Um, carrot cake and Amontillado <laughs> are, I must say, a match made in heaven. You know, due, of course, to its nuttiness, but it's really good. So what's interesting about this one in particular, so again, this is also Gonzalez Bias. So you'll see that it says on the label that it's 12 años, so 12 years. And so what this does is, so very similar to our Fino, they aged it under the floor for four years. And they killed off that floor. And then what they did was they put it in the AB Solera for eight years. So essentially it's a 12 year aged Montiato, yeah. which this is actually really special because a lot of times they, you know, the producers don't really give you that. They'll just say Montiato. And, you know, it, it's again, it's to each their, their own, the producers, what they want to do. So I thought that was pretty cool mm. to have a 12 year old Montiato because it's still drinking so young. Now, the older these sherries do get, of course, by aging in the bottle and, of course, or the Solera, they will become more complex over time, just like a lot of wines. But these, the nuttierness, the richer aromas and flavors will develop even more over time. Mm. Both of these, you could probably, the Amontillado lasts in your fridge for about a month. I mean, not that I'm, not that this bottle will ever last me a month, mm. but some people it does. And then the Tio Pepe, I would say like three weeks, you've got to go. You know, it seems like there's some similarities on. to port, not in the way it tastes or or anything like yeah. that, but similarities in how I guess how they're kind of drank in a way. You can absolutely make a comparison to port in that you know, especially when it comes to the sweet ones, um, which are made with the Pedro Jimenez grape. So because they last like a long time, right? Yes, they do last a long time, and that is due to their acidity and their sugar levels. Here, it's because the sherry for the sherry, it is due to a little bit of that, but I think it's more of the oxidative like gotcha. quality that okay. gives it that. Yeah, um, the oxygen aging because it was already out in the open. So, it, what's beautiful about this area of Spain is that they get over like three thousand sunny days per year. They have a, they have beautiful like winds sweeping in from the east and the west that kind of create this beautiful microclimate. They've got the chalky soils and then in their bodegas, in the, in the, in the houses that they house all these barrels in, um, there have all these big open windows and everything. So they actually let the humidity and mm. the dryness, because they have dry winds and humid winds, they actually let those winds kind of like take over. So some of these barrels are open and that's how they're being fully oxidized. And so, so interesting. It really, you know. I just get blown away the more and more you learn about just wine in general. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's just crazy all the different ways that they that they do things. It blows my mind. Like, right? thank you so much for sharing all this information because seriously, oh, yeah. it's like it's, it's really cool to like learn. This has been one of my favorite things about doing this. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> diving into a whole nother area that you're not. And now I'm like, I want to visit the south of Spain and go where Sherry is made. And- <laughs> I have to a trip there. <laughs> 
I'm yes. so down to go. No, you know, it's be totally like, down to go. We, we definitely have to connect with Gonzalez Bias. Um, please bring us. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's such an interesting region. And like a lot of people don't think of sherry like to consume it. I mean, not going to lie. Do I go home and drink sherry every day? No, but I always have a bottle in my fridge just yeah. because sometimes when you come home from work and you're like, I don't know what I want to drink. I don't want to open up a red yet. Sometimes I'm just not in the mood for whites. Sherry wins. It's a good place to start. It is, especially yeah. with like, mm-hmm. I feel like that alcohol content. It's kind of nice. You can get, it's like not quite liquor. You know what I mean? Yeah. It almost reminds you of a spirit in a way. Well, and I was going to say, because Sarah and I share a love for cigars. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. I could totally oh, yeah. see this with, I mean, I'm at the point now where I can, yeah, I smoke a lot of cigars yes. with various things, but this with a cigar, I Sherry would totally get down. Sherry and cigar would be amazing. Yeah. So I definitely think the Amontillado, yeah. the Palo Cortado would be really cool with it too. And then a PX, which like I said, whole other category, we'll have to get into the sweet yeah. ones. Um, that would be really good with a cigar No, this well. one that we're drinking right now, I feel like would be a great What would you pair with it. this one with food? So I absolutely love red meats with Amontillado. I think the nuttiness is really perfect for it, but also, like I said, carrot cake. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Favorite. Sorry. I had to put the dog away because oh. she was acting out of control and playing <laughs> with her tent. Always doggy issues. Oh, she's so We've got great though. animals, but when we do the podcast, they're like, oh, let's ruin everything. Huh? <laughs> 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 That's literally what they do. Yes. Oh, my God. This is so good. I love that nuttiness, and I really think, like, man, I like making a carrot cake and, like, having this with it. That's, right? like, a thing. That's, like, a post. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about making my carrot cake this year and then doing to. it. I always force my mom to make it whenever I'm home because I'm just lazy. And I'm like, ah, I did it too long. But yeah. now, well, I'm like, now I'm really thinking. Force I her to, to do, do it and then yes. take the, it's the exactly. picture and share the knowledge. I can force yeah. her to do it. I'll go buy all the ingredients for her. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's um, especially coming into the holiday season, though, Amontillado. Think like apple pie, pumpkin pie. Yeah. Awesome. You know what's crazy? It's like as you're saying that, I'm like, yes. Oh, like yes. I'm drinking this and I'm like, I'm not even a sweet person, but I'm like, those things sound so good mm-hmm. together. Yep. Don't you feel that? Oh my gosh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And because if it's acidity, it's not like it's going to be too much sweet on sweet. It's really going to ha- play with the pie crust. You're going to bra- bring back all those brioche notes that's sort of hiding in the Amontillado. Right. Because, the, again, it only sat beneath the floor for four years. So Right. But it's it's weird to me. It's almost like as I'm drinking it and she's talking these things, like I can mm-hmm. taste, I can taste a pie. And I'm yes. thinking about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, she's a good educator. So she's, yeah. it's subliminal uh, education. Yeah, but everyone is always like Pinot Noir for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, let's uh, mm-hmm. expand our horizons. Well, oh, you yeah. got to have a, you know, a plethora of different. Plethora. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll always find me <laughs> sipping mainly probably a manzanilla on Thanksgiving just mm. because I like the salinity. I like the fresh, salty sea, like sea spray in it. Mm. And it's just easy to drink. Mm-hmm. But again, that's just like a fino. So essentially fino, this, um, this fino is just Manzanilla's inland cousin. Who in the Nashville area have the best sherry portfolio to buy from? Like if we have listeners yeah. that want to search out, yeah, where try a sherry, where so should they go? You can actually find Tio Pepe. Um, and I believe you can find the Lenore Palo Cortado, which we will try. You can definitely find that at Total Wine and More. Total Wine. I oh, just, cool. I, I think Franklin Wine and Spirits has um, some sherry. Mm-hmm. I've also noticed um, really great cocktail is at the Harpeth Hotel. Harpeth Hotel. And they use okay. a Fino sherry in one of their cocktails. And it is 
fabulous. And what is a average price of a uh, sherry that uh, we're drinking they right range, now? range, let's see. So these are going to be the smaller bottles. Um, so I want to say they range about like 18 to 20 bucks. Oh, not bad at not all. Bad at not going to break the bank. Not unless you were getting into like the very old rare sherries, the B-O-R-S. So if you see those on your sherry, on your wine bottle label, those are going to be sherries that are aged like over 30 years or more. And they are very old, very rare specialty sherries. So essentially same grape files we've been talking about. A lot of times they're going to be more PX than they are going to be um, Palomino. But um, yes, those are going to be the more expensive sherries. Now it does range. There are sherries that are way over 20 as well. So it really just depends on the producer. But these are really good for every day. Oh, and um, I know I brought up the Montiato, So that's why I wanted to put this in a new glass. Um, Cause we're kind of going, we're going back to Fino, um, but this is the Enrama. So this is my first time trying this Enrama. Um, it's really, really special. So what they do is this is more of essentially like Tio Pepe. So essentially same wine, except this, these barrels were a little bit more exceptional. So the producer, the winemaker will go along and tag the barrels that were even more exceptional. And then what they do is essentially um, they produce it the same way. This is an unfiltered style. So if you kind of look at the two of yours together, you can kind of see one's just slightly a little more golden. Your Enrama should be a little bit more golden compared to your Fino. Okay, yeah. It has a little bit more of the yellow in the core. And if you kind of can hold it up to the light ever so gently, you just see like just a little couple little flecks. You see a little bit of cloudiness, not too much, mm -hmm. but just a touch of that cloudiness compared to our Fino. Yeah. 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 So the end Rama is going to be more of an unfiltered style. Again, these barrels were marked exceptional. So doesn't mean that the, doesn't mean that the Fino weren't exceptional. It's just these were even better. So they wanted to make, so every spring Gonzalez Bias actually releases their end Rama. And so this is going to be that style. So this has a little bit more depth, a little bit more complexity compared to the other Fino and gets marked for end Rama. So essentially when I say gets marked, what they do is after they, after they put all of the different the different wines in the barrels, they mark them. So essentially when they taste the base wine, the Palomino, and they're like, this is going to be an Amontillado, they put a special symbol, meaning Amontillado, on that barrel. They usually put it on like the on the top and the bottom and the side, so that way they know what Solera system to put it into. So gotcha. this one, again, was marked for Enrama. So what's also interesting about this is, and again, compared to the other Fino, it really just has a little bit more minimal intervention hardly any um, filters go through this. So they wanted to create a wine that was more in the style of what you'll find coming right out of the cellar. Natural, like a natural wine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. What do you think? This one's good. This one's hitting me differently on my, like- It's a bit more delicate. I was gonna say, maybe, a, is there a little more like acidity to it or something? Yes, it feels like it's a little more floral, yeah. a little more citrus. Citrus. The acidity is a bit higher, but a lot of that salinity that was in the first one is kind of muted. I feel like okay. I don't get as much of that saltiness like yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah, it's not as, or I guess saline forward. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of my I clients would say like, saline, eh. but you know, there's a, it is a note in a wine. So more acidity for sure. It's a bit more delicate too. I feel like. The other Fino's a bit more, a little more rustic. This seems a little bit more elegant yeah. for being an unfiltered. I was surprised. Oh, I but really I do like, like this. this, right? This is very delicate. This is something I would pair with salad, like a salad oh. maybe, or like ceviche as an aperitif. Something, mm -hmm. I feel like this definitely maybe shouldn't stand up to meat. Not saying it couldn't. I mean, 
I'll try anything once. Yeah. But this is, I feel like it would get lost with something heavy. This yeah. This something lighter. Okay. I feel this for people listening. I feel like this, correct me if I'm wrong, almost has like a white wine-esque type vibe, which would pair with yes. lighter yes. foods. Yes, I would agree with mm-hmm. that. Yeah, like, absolutely. Especially with the citrus notes and everything. Yes, definitely. I really enjoy this one. This one's cool. This definitely drinks more like a white wine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really does. I totally agree with that. Very nice. Mm-hmm. But with a higher alcohol content. I love yes. this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this one's 15% this? for the bottle. Yeah. So but if it was still, like a larger bottle, drink, it might be like. Right? It doesn't drink like 15. High alcohol mm-hmm. content? No. Right? And these are fortified. So these are still, these all fit in this little awesome. fortified wine category. So aged fortified white wine. So it's, you know, there's still that great Can you explain to spirit. people what fortified means? Yes. So it's essentially a wine where a grape spirit has been added. So something similar to a brandy. And so what that does is it raises the alcohol up, but also stops the fermentation, especially when it comes to this. Um, so they actually will fortify sherry at certain levels in order to be able to keep that floor or stop the floor. So I think anything above 18% stops the floor because it's usually what they bring an amontillado to. Yeah. Yes. So like port where they would add mm-hmm. in a brandy or mm-hmm. grape spirit. Mm-hmm. They do the same thing for here. Yep. Okay. Yes. Very cool. I love that one. That it's one's fun, fun, right? Yeah. And then, of course, I saved one of the best for last. Oh, I kind of love them all. But Palo Cortado, I would say, I love Palo Cortado in general as a whole. So, and I think it's just because, again, Palo Cortado is a, was was destined to be a Fino. So when, when the producer was making it, he was like, all right, this is going to be a Fino. And then, I think I have your two glasses. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, you're good. Here you go. And I'll dump one of mine out. Here. You can dump one of yours. Oh, this. thank you. That yeah. works. Perfect. Yeah, I'll yeah. do the Amontillado since they're similar. But so you can see even this color is oh my gosh. quite a bit more. So this has a little bit more oxidative aging. Plus you're going to want It's more. a lot it's more good. brown, actually. Yes. So it's definitely more brown. And this is due to the, due to the oxygen it sees. I love Palo Cortado. So again, so it's destined to be a Fino. And then somewhere along the line, oh. the floor died. And this is a natural occurrence. It just happens to the best of them. And honestly, I love Palo Cortado because they call it like Spain's wild child. It smells it dares amazing. dares to be a little yeah. different, right? It's like toffee. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's the one thing I have Coffee, enjoyed chocolate. about smelling these. I'm like, they just have this unique, amazing smell. Yes. Yeah, so so this is unfortified to eighteen percent, and then um, and then it goes actually. So this one mm. is in the Solera for also twelve years. So we have another twelve years Solera. Um, mm. But what's beautiful about this one is after the Solera, they they keep it in American oak. This is my favorite, I think, out of all of them. I've loved all of them, but I think this one's my favorite, especially because of the nose. Mm. Mm. So as you can see. The nose kind of remind, might kind of remind you of an Amontillado, but this is like a style that's pre-Oloroso. So I don't have an Oloroso today. We're just going to have to do another sherry tasting, I feel like. <laughs> Oloroso and PX, because they're a whole other category. So those are going to be completely oxidized. PX um, is the sweet sherry, and that will be sun-dried. I get a lot of the nuttiness with this one, too. Right? Mm-hmm. You kind of get an like Amontillado. And like the taste a lot. Yes. So this taste is like a good entry point to before you get to Oloroso. So Oloroso will taste... A little bit more sim, a little similar, except more robust on that on that finish on the palate. So, because Oloroso is going to be completely oxidized, 
So this is like Palo Cortado is one step before El Rosso. And what's great about this is you get a lot of hazelnuts that kind of bitter yeah. orange. This is a perfect Thanksgiving wine, if you ask me. Like, perfect. Wow. You can pair this easily with turkey, although I would kind of have it with appetizers. I love um, Palo Cortado and tomatoes, like tomato soup and grilled cheese and Palo Cortado. Oh it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Yes. You can also, also put this in a Bloody Mary on Thanksgiving morning. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you're in Bloody Mary a little bit more complexity. Plus, then if you don't, then it gives it a little bit lower than a spirit, but higher than a wine. So yeah. definitely can do that. What do you think? Wow. Mm-hmm. I love okay. here. You like sherry. <laughs> but yeah, so what's really interesting about Palo Cortado, like I said, you know, it just, the floor dies naturally. And so instead of getting rid of the wine, they essentially put a cross through their, their symbol, which is usually a circle and then a cross. And so they put a cross through the Fino and they're like, let's just see what it's doing. And so essentially what that means is the wine's doing its own thing. Let's just leave it and see what it does. And that's what becomes a Palo Cortado. So it's one of those anomalies. It's not like it was meant to be made into anything. It was destined to be one thing, but became another. And I think that's why I love it so much. It's I love it. It did its own thing naturally. Yeah. So you would say this is your favorite? Definitely one of my favorite styles. Styles, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is yes. really interesting. I would always have one in my fridge if more people drank it with me. So I guess, you know, that's why I always have an Amontillado in my fridge, just because I feel like I can always pull it out with dessert. People like it. I love doing cocktails. Hey, we're here. <laughs> you guys want to come over and drink all of Palo Cortado together. Because this would also be really good with cigars. So I can bring, yeah. I'll, I'll bring another bottle next Definitely. time we're having cigars. Definitely a cigar. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think about it, babe? It's really good. Yeah. Right. And you could go seafood with this. I mean, you really could. Also, what's really fun about this, like Thai and Indian cuisine, mm. you know, which you wouldn't think of, but you can absolutely go more multicultural cuisine with this, especially because due to its like due to the oxidative qualities, all that nuttiness and that like tobacco and the hazelnuts really bring out a lot of interesting notes in like Asian cuisine. And I've done it. I've had this with like, um, like goat saiguala or even mm. like, you know, you could do lamb saiguala and stuff like that. And it really pairs nicely. So you can absolutely kind of take sherry anywhere you want to go. I want this with pad thai. Pad thai. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is delicious. Yeah. Oh, my God. That this sounds so really good. good. Yes. yes. Now I want pad thai. All right. So next one we'll have to do complete food pairings. With food yes. pairings, yes. <laughs> yes. We'll just bring all the food for it. <laughs> Because in our future is just Costco. We're going to Costco today. And I'm like, am I just going to get a hot dog for lunch? I don't want that. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Now I've tried too many good Yeah, now I need pad thai in my life. But there's not really that much good pad thai in Franklin, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah, I have not had Thai food here yet, so. Well, but – you, it's been really fun to talk to you. And like, I love your background too about how you're, you said your husband's family from the Dominican mm-hmm. Republic. Yes. So you get to try a lot of like interesting food. Oh, yes. Yeah. Anytime I'm around my family, I make them cook everything because I like all my Dominican food so much. I mm-hmm. wish I could cook it at home. She showed me a million times, but you know. Does your husband cook too? He does not. He cannot even boil water. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Would not trust him. I trust him only with microwave. <laughs> wow. Yes, he shows no interest in cooking either, though. So luckily he has me and he has his mom when she visits. Yes. yes. And, well, I love I, I've loved talking to you again, like I said. And so I, you both are all from New York, yep. you and your husband. Yep, he's so. born and raised in the Bronx. And then, uh-huh. yep, I came from Jersey but moved to New York. So I like to classify myself as a New Certain Yorker. words you say. Oh, my gosh, they're so total, total <laughs> accent. New York, New Jersey. Yeah, yes. it's so funny. Yeah. 
Yes. Well, oh. we love that. In you're... a good way. No, it's fine. If you heard my twin <laughs> sister, you would think she's like straight up from like Staten Island. Oh, wow. So it's so funny. She's a very thick New Jersey accent. It's really, it's really funny. So that's, that's funny that you guys notice an accent. <laughs> oh, totally. A hundred percent. You notice no. it with certain words, but well, this has been so fun. This has been, this so has been awesome. Yeah. So I tell hope... people where they can find you. Yes. You can find me at Som in the city, S-O-M-M in the city. Somnacity.com, Somnacity on Instagram, and all my social media channels. Yes. We love her. We love following her. She's a wealth Thank of knowledge. So, so definitely hit totally. that follow button. Yeah. And you'll learn a lot. So we appreciate your time. And try some so sherry. Fun. I mean, yeah, I can drink get some, some of this sherry. stuff at Total drink Wine. Some sherry. Watch some Frasier and yeah. be done. Call it a day. Yeah, totally. join me in New York for Share Week. Yes. Um, I would say November 9th, I will be in Brooklyn doing a Sherry Takeover at 390 Social in Park Slope. Love that. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, girl. Cheers, Cheers. Sarah. Yeah. Cheers, Cheers everybody. Simon the Cheers.